Hello and welcome along to the English and Maths booth. You have me, Sammy, what the trig math, talking today to Bobby, who is in adult education based in England. Um, and we're going to be talking about um, Bobby's research that's happened um, as part of a programme recently. But we'll get to that in a moment. But as ever, we're going to start with most memorable lessons. So first of all, welcome along, Bobby, um, to the English and Maths booth. Um, tell us about your most memorable lesson. So thank you for having me. Uh, yes, so memorable lesson. I would say it encapsulates a series of built-in memories and uh, there are multiple ones and I, I suppose any tutor can uh, agree with that. Uh, but there's one we were building up to. This was a GCSE lesson that was earlier this year and we were looking at the concept of structure in English language and one that quite a few of my learners struggled with and uh, we'd been working on it for some time. So it was this particular lesson where learners had been asked to bring in their own extracts of um, pieces of reading that they had done. And we looked at the structural elements in their, you know, picked out, uh, collated pieces of uh, text. And towards the end of it, we spent a, a possibly a good two hours, two and a half hours, only just talking, discussing, going through different elements. And it was the feedback at the end of that lesson where one of the learners said to me, I've actually begun to enjoy this now. And I hadn't heard that from that learner, someone who'd been so quiet, so reticent, not willing to participate, walking up to me towards the end of the lesson and said, I've actually enjoyed this and I've begun to enjoy it. And at the end of the academic year of GCSE, she was one learner who came up to me and said, I may think of the A-levels a now. And I, I, was, I was honestly taken away because it wasn't something I was expecting from her. No. What a wonderful, oh, just brilliant. And that's why we do what we do. I think that's that story just sums up the brilliance of FE perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, Bobby. That's brilliant. Um, so we met on the Sunset Programme, which... Yes. Um, was we'll say past tense a research program with the ETF and the University of Sunderland about practitioner research and um, action-led research that really got to the nuts and bolts of mainly a maths and English focus within further education across the UK and um, I know you did some um, research that you've just recently shared uh, with the posters at the event but I wondered if you could tell the people here listening Bobby about your research and what did you find out was it what you were hoping I think is always the question we're trying to ask when we start with research. Well the starting point for my research was a statement made by a learner during the covid period coming towards the end of it and we were doing these mocks for gcse english language and we'd done a few already and the student i had everything ready one lesson and he walked in and he looked at the pile of papers in the middle of the table and he goes not another one and a big sigh attached to it um and i thought something that had been resonating with me for a very, very long time. But I think his sigh and the way he said it was the catalyst there. Then the PRP program came along and, you know, I got onto it. And I began looking at what are we doing with adult learners? What are we actually teaching? 
because what I looked at, it was the word curriculum, because that's where I wanted to kick off from. I mean, it was a very welcome uh, turn by Ofsted when they included in their new inspection framework, the three eyes and the, the focus on intent. And when I had the conversations with colleagues, with other people in within the department, what was our intent? Our intent was getting them to pass an exam. That's all we were doing. And I, was, I had this T4 thing stuck in my head constantly, teach to the test, right? And that's what we were doing, teaching to the test. And that's not what we're meant to do. That's not what we're being inspected on. So where had we lost focus? Um, and so that was the concept of intent, a very welcome content, a concept, I agree. Um, but I felt that we weren't delivering an intent. And when the conversations built around the conversations I had, and what I found was quite interesting. So what I expected to find maybe was something else. But what I did find was we don't agree on what curriculum actually is. Right. Or do we agree or, or is there a vagueness around this word or is there a kind of a, a lack of clarity around this word or is there a lot of confusion around this word? Because from a managerial point of view, it was everything to do with funding, funding allocation, um, numbers in classrooms, timetabling, all of that. But that's got nothing to do with intent. That's got nothing to do with what we're going to talk about in class. So the classroom was a space for people to fill in, but fill in with the knowledge with what. So I got looking into that and um, came across obviously very well-known seminal writer Lawrence Stenhouse uh, and his work on curriculum, which was way back in the 70s and you think, Look how long it's been, and we're still going back to what he said. Um, and then looked at Biesta, Biesta's work on the purposes of education, because I, I wanted to find out what is our purpose, especially in adult education. What are we doing? Are we on this what, uh, you know, another phrase coming out of research is exam factories. Are we just one of those? Just another exam factory. We come in, we prep them. We teach them, we've got a specification, we teach them through and through, and then we let them go. And in that process, somehow, somewhere, we've lost the learner. We've lost that individual and that subject that Gert Biesta really nicely speaks about, the concept of subjectification. Have we created the individual? Have we helped mold and shape that individual? sometimes it comes across as no we haven't we have learners who will pass but still not know what they're doing will achieve fantastic grades but still say don't know what this means so why are we not filling in those gaps so that was the point of my research so looking at curriculum and um, so it was done obviously in within my college senatal education provision um, and you know, talking to colleagues, talking to members of the SLT and uh, coming out and then proposing, obviously, what, how can we make these changes? A small scale research, it is practitioner based. So 
hoping to make a change in a very, very small area location and see where it takes us from there. I am enthralled. That is just exactly what is always in my head of what are we serving here? And your frame of it there about intent linking to BS and the subject. Honestly, you had me there. That was brilliant, Bobby. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I I think that we, as, within FE, adult education, we have lost sight of our primary stakeholders and they are the learners. We talk about stakeholders all the time. And generally when management talks about stakeholders, they talk about people who are gonna bring in the money. Um, but if we don't have these learners coming in, we don't have anything. This profession is void without them. And so they are the key. They are the people we serve in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think we're doing them justice by just getting them ready for a test. Absolutely. And this it's interesting what you say there about when we lose sight of stakeholders. Very often we may identify students as a key stakeholder, mm -hmm. but we may factoryize them yeah. anyway yeah. in that we'll put them on a level one because then they'll do a level two and then we can maybe put them on a GCSE and actually we could really put them on an entry three and that'll give us another year out of them too. Exactly yeah that's what I mean that's what has been happening year in year out where if we've seen potential and we know that normally in an academic year they can they're, they're meant to complete one level but if your program is set between You've got two cohorts you put them in entry three first right because yeah we're going to get funding from there and then we'll move on to level one we know they'll achieve both um but no so we were coming out of this i was looking at how then do we bring in this very small scale change and looked at uh, the concept of learner autonomy so bringing in giving him giving them the learners some level of control um, even though there is I think personally I don't think we can actually move away completely from the current model not till there is a complete overhaul of the system but since the system at the moment is dictating a lot of the the I suppose the way we function um, where do we go from here then so there has to be maybe a meeting point, a convergence of the idealistic and the pragmatic of what it is. And so we were looking at maybe changing schemes of work in small ways, tweaking them so we can bring in learner autonomy, like in functional skills English, where they have to um, choose. And I have to say this, I do agree that this is being done in different colleges by different practitioners so this is not something that's completely novel um, but it is based in my provision that us doing it and a change in this provision so that if this can change then maybe we can tag along with the others who have already done that um, and so bringing in their autonomy getting them to decide some of the features that they want to cover uh, adapting our teaching resources and materials to their lifelong plans and also then including their life stories into our into our plan because they mold a lot of the way the way learners react to things engage and disengage with things 
Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And are the rest of the team on board with this? Have you persuaded them that this is the way to go? Or did it just like, like for me, then when you've just said it, like penny drop, yeah, why don't we do that more often? Um, how's it going down with your colleagues? Brilliantly, I have to say. Luckily, I've been very fortunate in that, that they've been all very receptive. Um, and we have already started working on uh, new resources. So for the GCSE, we're building an anthology and it'll be part complete, uh, but we're not trying to complete it because the learners are going to complete the anthology. So we, wow. so we have started the work, uh, so we will give them different. So again, bringing diversity into our reading, um, you know, maybe bringing in uh, obviously people from different races, genders, um, you know, bringing a more comprehensive view into the literary writing that exists. But then we don't want to complete it because it has to be done in conjunction with their contribution. So they will have a part completed anthology and hopefully by the end of the first year, because come September, they will be our first year with this new uh, approach. And so hopefully by the end of their year, the, the anthology would have been complete and we can just add on to it in consecutive years. Well, we'll get you back on the podcast next year and you can share with us how it's all worked out. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, Bobby, it has been so lovely to chat to you. Thanks for joining us on the English and Maths booth. If anyone wants to know any more information, let's leave it that they can contact me and I will um, put them in touch with you. But thanks very much for joining us today, Bobby. Thank you ever so much. Thank you for having me.